Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Emily. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. Our word is going to be timely, I guess, for for this time of year, 2022, the beginning of the new year. Our word is resolution. Resolution. Yes. What resonates with you as far as talking about resolution? What is the first thing you think of? When I think of resolution, I like to reflect on myself mm-hmm. and any changes that I would like to see, whether it be minor or major, I just kind of think about them. Right. And then, of course, like for New Year's resolution, you should try and just pick one and not make it too hard on yourself where it's unaccomplishable. Right. But um, I think that's a big mistake that people make. Is yeah. Like the, uh-huh. Make it something that can be gradual and you can just get into the resolution of yeah. it for yourself, whatever it may be. Or or is something like it's a direction. So if, if you if you have a resolution, but you can take little steps to get there, you're not entirely unsuccessful if you, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the year, if you didn't accomplish the goal, but you made progress, mm-hmm. that's, still a, that's still a win, right? Exactly, yeah. Because I mean, you have all this time to work on it. It's not just you have a year deadline. Like you can roll it over into the next year. And, right, mm-hmm. right. And, and then work on beyond that. I think it's as far as you know, just as uh, tasks that you have to manage in day-to-day life in general, that's also a good sort of approach is to think about them as steps and, and don't think about them necessarily as, you know, p- put the pressure on yourself that if you don't accomplish this, you know, that's the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Whether it be anything for your health or yeah. any of habits you want to break, just recognizing it is the first step. Yeah, exactly. And then you just take it from there, whatever way you need to. Right. Did you make any New Year's resolutions this year? Did you celebrate or did you work during, uh, during Um, Let's New see. Year's? I did work New Year's Eve. I worked at both my jobs, actually. Okay. Um and but then i did go out at night and Mm. i went to a house party it was fun i saw friends i hadn't seen in a while that's cool yeah and drank a little too much but got home safe and sound so do they they still call them house parties i think is it just because it's in a house yeah i mean that's exactly what it was it was a house and a party like a bunch of people bunch of booze yeah really no food i'm surprised they didn't have any food it was just all booze see now it's not a party without food i know honestly (laughs) i thought of bringing like some cookies or something but i was like nah then i got there and there was no food i was like "Mm." i should have brought them yeah exactly we had like 15 bottles of champagne in front of you i'm like wow yeah, I you know I, when I think of a New Year's celebration, at least in my household, I always think of a charcuterie board mm. because it's like you know lots of cheeses and and meats and crackers and stuff like that. That's yeah. always what we used to do whenever we celebrated. I mean, I don't really celebrate New Year's anymore because I think it's the passage of time. People use it as a sort of a marking post for them getting older each year, gaining wisdom and things like that or, or making changes they want to see but for me it's just like well i'm just i'm doing that all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean why why make a special i mean if I, you know if there's a party i'm not going to turn it down yeah right? exactly and yeah. some people think like just because it's a new year doesn't mean 
things are going to change or evolve just because it's January 1. Right. But I feel like I I think things do change. Like, at least for myself, like when it is a new year, I feel like my my mind feels clearer and just new beginnings. More focused. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's how I feel in the beginning of the new year. So I'm really feeling myself right now. And probably optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. uh Yeah. For what the year is going to bring. Because you just go through the motions of the year again. Right. So with that, do you find that towards the end of the year, you start to feel the opposite? As the time, as the year goes on, it's like you're looking forward to the next year or the next step. But, you know, does does it fade? It really does for me because yeah. my favorite part of the year is the new year mm-hmm. and spring. Because right. my birthday is around this time. So I just, I have more fun in this part of the year like there's right. spring break for school oh of course spring break and right? the weather's warming up <laughs> mm-hmm. and i love this time of year and i mean the holidays don't get me wrong i love the holidays it can be overwhelming yeah. when you're trying to go through midterms but you got thanksgiving and right it, yeah right. so i find myself to be overwhelmed in the okay. end of the year and i think maybe that's why the beginning of the year is so refreshing and it's like a new page for me. Right. So that makes sense. And you know, I didn't even think about it cause I've been out of school for so long, but uh, now that you mention it, it's like you've got all this pressure leading up to the end of the year for school. And then you have pressure as it relates to holidays, which there is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. when it comes to holidays, as far as social interactions. Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. With resolution, do you have any stories about, you know what, do you do you want to share what your resolution is or do you have a resolution? Because um, I have a resolution. My New Year's resolution is 3,840 pixels by 2,160 pixels. That's my New Year's resolution. Hmm, you'll have to elaborate. That's the 4K television. The 4K television. Yeah, that's the 4K, that's my new, it's, it's a joke, it's not funny. If you don't understand resolution humor, then. Oh my gosh, yeah, you totally computer. lost yeah. me right now. The definition of resolution being the, uh, you know, the measure of sharpness of an image or the fineness with which a device such as a video display expresses the total number or density of pixels of an image. Yeah, it's ringing a bell actually, yeah. but not much of a bell. Yeah, when you talk about resolution of television these days, it's it's 4K, but it used to be like 1080p. Do you have a, a fancy television or do you just rough it with your computer? Um, yeah, I actually use my iPad a lot for watching things. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but yeah, not too fancy of a TV. Nothing special. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason I got mine is just for for video games, really. I mean, that's, you know, I do watch some channels, um, some Netflix and some Hulu occasionally. And I don't usually use my handheld devices for that. Let's get back to the, what is your resolution this year, if you want to share it? If you don't want to share it, that's fine. I feel like I have a handful of resolutions I want to see for myself this year. Uh I want to, I mean, maybe it's basic, I don't know, but I want to have a nice body for summer. Okay. So I'm definitely working on like toning up that way when summer comes around and bikini season, like... People are going to be like, damn, Emily. And so <laughs> I'm really working towards that. And yeah. it makes me focus on my health more. Like I'm right. like I'm more mindful eating than mindless eating and working out. And so it makes me feel good that I'm slowly accomplishing that resolution already. Right, right. It's progress going towards that already. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I, I feel like I got like a head start to it. Like maybe before Christmas, I... 
already started working on it. So now it's like I had a jump start and yeah. just keep it going. It sounds like it also sounds like it's, you, you know, what I mentioned earlier about resolutions that you can continue them kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It's it's sort of like that. It's an ongoing process. Yeah, it's rewarding. And, yeah. yeah. And when you see the changes, it, like I said, rewarding and yeah. makes you feel good. And I'm all about feeling good right now. So why right now? I don't know. I feel like I just got out of a long relationship uh-huh. and he was great, but I felt held back okay. and not fully happy, I guess. And so now I just want to reach my potential of feeling like fulfilled and right. doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And is it what people call working on yourself or is it, is that part of it? Or yeah, is it, I think it is Ben like yeah. definitely working on yourself. Cause then when you're not dating and giving your energy to other people, right. Um, in my case, to other men, um, it makes me put that energy on myself. Right. And if I'm right. like, well, I don't know what I should be doing right now, I'm like, okay, Emily, like find something to do and right. keep busy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely working on myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting with, with relationships. I can understand the energy thing. It's something where, you know, there's, when I think of the word resolution, I think of conflict resolution and talking about when you said relationships that kind of um, had a light bulb go on in my head. I th- probably my last relationship was a very long time ago. I'm not including just dating stuff, but he, she's now my best friend, which is kind of cool. We just figured out that we were better off as friends, right? We mm-hmm. were just at different points in what we wanted with our life, but we maintained our friendship, which was very cool. Yeah, and she's definitely. still my best friend. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I learned from that relationship, and that's another thing, learning from your relationships, right? Learning, Mm -hmm. don't, don't, I don't think we refer, you know, some people say learning from your past mistakes. I think that's too negative. I think, you know, just learning from experiencing life with this person, Mm -hmm. right? But one of the things I learned from our relationship was the fact that it's okay to have conflict. I always had this thought when I was young and idealistic that, if there was any conflict in a relationship, there was a problem with that relationship. And so one of the things that I kind of realized in my relationship with with Michaela was that's not the case. Conflict can be healthy and can keep things fresh and it's it happens. It's not anything that's necessarily positive or negative if it's healthy, right? Yeah, right. Um, if it's not healthy though, that's where things go wrong and that's where you know one person has to make a decision and um it gets a little messy there yeah what do you think about conflict in relationships and resolving that conflict um well what i have learned from my past relationships um if there is conflict i mean bottom line just open communication right like if something's bothering you rubbing you the wrong way just bring it up to your partner and you should be able to without it being a big deal because yeah. you're just voicing your concern or whatever it may be. Right. And then, I mean, just be like adult about it and talk it out, come with a plan or something. And if you see change, you see change. If not, I mean, that tells you something. Right. And I think another thing is you try and remain as objective as possible when you're talking about these things too. But there is a lot of, there's emotions, right, mm-hmm. that, that, that enter into these things. And trying to explain how you feel without 
you know, without letting the emotions overrun the message. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. Yeah, communication is absolutely paramount for any, well, I mean, any relationship, really. I mean, you know, friendships or otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but like we were saying, you live and you learn. Right, Like, right. I mean, people are easy to read. Some people aren't, but yeah. you can definitely get a feel for it by just knowing how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, and and you're and that's the thing. Also, your your impressions are generally, you know, when your when your mind thinks about things, there's a reason why those things are happening. So, if you don't trust someone for whatever reason, there's a reason for that in your head, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you just as long as you're open for that to change too. But yeah, sometimes it's 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 a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tricky thing to navigate. Do you want to talk about conflict again or no? <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Okay. I mean, that's just one of the things I think of when I think of the word resolution is... Yeah, how are you going to resolve this conflict? Right, mm-hmm. right. When you talk about a New Year's resolution, that's analyzing and breaking things down into simpler tasks, answering or solving a thing, or determining what will make you happy in the future. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've got a good jump on the new year with your resolution. Right. So uh, far, so good. Yep. Historically in your life, when you think of resolutions, is it just, is it about self-development for you? Or is it about experiencing new things or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Right. I mean, now that I'm entering like my mid-20s, I know I'm still an evolving person and so I felt stuck for a while and right. maybe in like, like I needed to break free from something. I didn't know if it was my boyfriend or what. Right. And it, it just turned out that it was because now that I'm single, like it's like a breath of fresh air and right. I just, I'm more in tune with myself mm-hmm. and that's something that I've missed. Yeah. And now that I'm like a young woman and I want to see what I can bring to the table and what I'm capable of right. and it's nice to explore that like just being by yourself yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah when I was in my mid-20s that's when I moved out from Illinois to Arizona and it was more I was in a relationship at that point in time but I just kind of you know I needed to come out here and experience Arizona for some reason I always wanted to be in Arizona so I had this kind of fantasy in my head sort of right ah, interesting um, okay and then I also wanted to change a pace, which is definitely what Arizona is, right? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So I came out here and, you know, basically broke it off and worked on myself. And that's, you know, that's basically what happened for me when I came out here is, you know, it's it wasn't really a, uh, a resolution per se, but it was me trying to figure myself out. That's always good, I think. You know, working on working on yourself, and and those things change over your lifetime. What you what you think is more important now is not going to be what you think is more important yeah. ten years from now or mm-hmm, whatever. I agree. Do you have any memorable resolutions? Do you have any goals that were accomplished that you you know you remember resolutions? Or are these just things where once you get to a point where you've accomplished it, you just move on to the next thing? It's not like you remember what your resolution was when you were 17 or right. I probably, 
No resolution comes to mind. I feel like I'm in a different kind of resolution right now. Like I've, I'm starting my senior year of college. Right. So just like making it through my bachelor's degree, I'm just working It's an accomplishment that. in itself, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And so it just feels like a whole resolution, like I've completed it. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, now what? And then right. it has me thinking like, okay, let me start looking at grad school. Like it makes me want to accomplish more for myself right. after having an accomplishment under my belt. I think with resolutions, one of the things that I used to think about was experiencing new things. If I ever did do a resolution, it would be, I want to do this. I want to travel to X amount of places. I want to, you know what I mean? Like making, doing an accomplishment as opposed to, changing something about myself but that's just the way i had always i've always done it mm-hmm. it just experienced new things which you know i think is a reflection of how i live my life too <laughs> right so um so as you were saying like with the college it's sort of a reflection of what you're doing yeah you know. currently in my life i guess that is just like my resolution right now uh, you said you didn't know much about graphics yeah <laughs> resolutions really not much at all no no <laughs> how about video games yeah i don't know too much about video games but i do know a pretty video game when i see it like okay. when it's visually appealing yeah. yeah and i know some video games have a narrative and a storyline so right it's cool that the players can kind of jump in and it's like enjoyable because it's beautiful to look at and it's Mm -hmm. also intriguing the narrative of the story yeah i remember when you and i met and i don't want to bring up any bad memories or anything oh no you're good (laughs) bring it it. (laughs) but i remember talking to you about how your boyfriend at the time played video games and i was trying to make a suggestion about a game that you could play together because i think that to me the thing that i enjoy most about video games in my life is the shared experience like have a friend over and play rock band mm-hmm. or have a friend over and we play uh, Diablo 3 and it's just like kind of a throwback to when I used to go to the arcades with my friends and just kind of socialize there mm-hmm. the suggestion I made was it takes two yes which one the game of the year for like the industry it's a very interesting, it's a, only a two-player game. You can't play it by yourself. You have to play it with a partner. We enjoyed it so much. Like, I am not a video game girl because uh-huh. I have trouble with the joysticks. Like, I've been put into, like, Siege and, like, you know, gun video games. Right, right. And like- I'm not good with the joysticks of walking with one direction and looking with the other. Okay. Because then once it gets super extreme and overwhelming for me and, like, there's everybody shooting at me. Right. I just, like, tense up and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the sky. Right. And I'm trying <laughs> right. to just find cover. And yeah. I'd rather just hide and snipe people or I don't even know if I could snipe. But... The thing, the great thing about some video games is you can play it the, whatever you want. But if you're doing like a Call of Duty, it's just basically you're trying to shelter yourself and not get shot. Yeah, they were definitely not my type of games. No. I just the whole looking at the sky when I'm freaking out or looking at the ground and right. But then you recommended it takes two, and I knew there was a narrative behind it, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, let's take Ben up on this. So he bought it. And we played it, and it was super cute. Like, 
the animation right. and it just seemed super friendly and that's what i liked like i think those are the video games i liked because i grew up playing frogger oh yeah frogger's classic yeah miss yeah. spider's tea party like okay. dig dug like not super complicated call of duty games would you yeah. say yeah and so when we started playing it takes two it was really cute and the storyline was great like trying to get these parents back together right right that were fighting and for the sake of their daughter mm-hmm they get miniaturized and then have to work as a team through all these different tasks and right, with their with their quote unquote their therapist right the, yeah the, the, the little book of love or whatever <laughs> but it was so cool because you couldn't complete a task without the other person right because right. one person had to like stand on a button while you launch mm-hmm. into the air and, and games do have those mechanics but it, they don't they don't have ones where like I, I think that this one is unique in, in so far as it has a very clear sort of story mm-hmm. right and the story is is kind of I don't I don't wouldn't say it's triggering but it's not one that you know it's not a common story trying to get your parents back together kind mm-hmm, of, kind right. of thing. Did you play through the one where the where the there's a part of it, it takes to where you have to kill a stuffed animal that's a favorite stuffed animal of the child or something like that? Yeah, it was the elephant. So tell me about that. What is that? What, what was the whole thing? Why did you have to eliminate that animal? Because these objects in the game, like it was the little girl's favorite stuffed animal, okay. and he was playing to protect the little girl because right. he knew that the parents had been fighting. and so he Oh, was doing... so he was protecting the little girl but not letting them, so they had to get rid of the elephant. Yeah, so it's like a whole little task where you got to like kill the elephant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, not very funny or right, happy. Right, but... pretty serious. But yeah. teamwork, you got to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys finish the game or did you just get to a point and just, you know? Yeah, I was super busy with school, so I like wouldn't set too much time aside for right. video games. Right. But no, we did not finish. I would say we got over halfway through it, though. Yeah. Yeah, maybe That's one day cool. we'll finish. I don't know. Yeah. Just if, a video if game. It's, if, it's in, if it's in the cards or maybe you could finish it with someone else. Who knows? That's right? true, yeah. Did playing the game give you any talking points in your relationship? Like as far... I mean, you know, it's not... It's not like you have a child together or anything, but I'm sure there's some overlap in, you know, conflicts and things that you have in the, in the game it takes to and real life. Did you ever have any discussions independent of the video game about that? Not really. Our relationship was pretty fight free. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got along super well. I don't know if I just got bored or what you would even call it, but uh, yeah, but more of the message of it takes two. Right. Because, I mean, it does take two to tango right. a in a relationship. Right. And right. So just that message of the title of the video game right. was what I took from it. Because, yeah. like, it's teamwork. It takes two to communicate. It takes two to accomplish things exactly. in a relationship. Exactly. And so that was a key point that I feel like we both took from it. Yeah. That's cool. That's really good. And it kind of made me feel good that um, I was able to give someone a video game recommendation that kind of connected with them. Another game, this is this game is one that that I played. You can play it by yourself, but there is an AI control. That's the other thing too. Like with something like that, it can't work with an AI controlled character. You could you could design that, but just the fact that 
um, the folks who developed It Takes Two made that conscious decision to make it a two-player game only is sort of controversial. Sort, you know, it's like in, in general, people don't play games together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's usually an option that they put in. You know, they they design a game for one person, and then optionally, like you know, they'll they'll develop the part that's two player. But this was all about two people together, right? Which is very two, unique. yeah, real people working at it together. Yeah. There's a game though that is more fun with two people that I played. That's got a really unique animation and art style called Knights and Bikes where you play this girl who's got uh, this little girl who has a really vivid imagination and she's trying to, there's a story that you're sort of uncovering about her mother who, who, who passed and she is making friends, she makes friends with this other girl and they ride around their island on bikes and, 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 and make believe that, you know, like the big crane is a dragon that they have to slay or, you know, it's just really, it's, it's, it's a a fun game uh, that looks, you know, it's about imagination. You can play it yourself, but it's like one of those things where it would be so much more fun if you had someone else to play it with. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I actually played it at PAX one year when I, when I went there. PAX is a Penny Arcade Expo. Which is a video game conference for video game lovers. Companies will go there and show their, you know, latest video games and stuff. But it's mostly about just people who love video games coming together and hanging out, essentially. Oh. So it's kind of a cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. Yeah. Emily just watched the Knights and Bikes trailer. Hey. It, it's cute. I like the way it looks. I'm all about visual, like how things appeal to me visually. Yeah. And that's kind of a, it's almost, it's a storybook, right? It, it's kind of a storybook style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got all sorts of cute little details. Like when you're riding the, the bikes from one area to the other, you can press a button to you know the little ring the little bell that you used to have on mm-hmm. on your bike when you were a kid yeah like, bling, 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 bling. <laughs> you know it's just kind of a, a cute sort of throwback mm-hmm. and it's uh the story is pretty good too i i never got through the whole game but it's a it's a fun sort of puzzle kind of platform sort of game yeah you know? it seems fun yeah. yeah super cute yeah it is cute so what other games did you used to play Growing up, and are there any that have to do with resolution? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Like but Wii Fit. Did you ever do the Wii Fit yes, stuff? Yes, Wii Fit was fun. Yeah, um, I could I could see how that could kind of fit into a a New Year's resolution. Yeah, that, the Wii Fit. Yes, I remember the Wii Fit. That was fun, and even Mario Kart on the Wii was fun. Yeah, um, we play like Disney Sing It. Okay. So it was kind of like karaoke. You would right. have to follow the pitch of your voice to the right. bar up there. Yeah. And so that was fun. Do you, it, do you like that karaoke stuff or no? Um, I, I do like singing. Um, maybe not so much publicly. Right. But I mean, I'll sing with a friend at a TV. Like, okay. fine with that. Mm-hmm. But at a bar, a little different story because I have <laughs> done it before. Right. And I was like, I didn't think my voice was that bad. I was like, it can't be that bad. And then... It just 
kind of was like <laughs> hearing your voice in a bar yeah. sounds a lot different maybe it's just the microphone amplifying it was what got there, me there's that and and i think that good people who do karaoke well people who host karaoke well can make that determination and and change thing like you know make the the make the backing vocals more prominent than the the mic or or you know what i mean they they can make adjustments to make it sound more palatable it could yeah. have just been a a guy who who sucked at his job maybe that was it we'll go with that we'll go with that cuz it almost it pretty much crushed my karaoke dreams yeah but who knows maybe one day maybe one day there is a netflix show that is based on a sanrio character you know sanrio right i do not sanrio is hello kitty the okay. company that made hello kitty are you familiar with that? I am not familiar no? with that. No, I'm familiar with Hello Kitty. Okay. There is a television show on Netflix called Agretzko. It is about this little red panda character who is trying to get by in the real world. She's just got graduated college. She's got a new job. And what she does is to let out her frustration, she goes to a karaoke bar she lives in Japan, right? So she goes to a karaoke bar and she sings death metal songs. Wow. Yeah, and it's a cartoon. <laughs> it is so it is not it's an it's not a uh, a cartoon for kids at all. It's got uh one of the seasons had kind of a stalkery sort of like storyline to it that was a little a little jarring for me mm-hmm. actually. But it's just it's generally funny. There's all the different drama elements in there, but it's cutesy little <laughs> cutesy little Sanrio characters in there. But yeah. that's when when you said karaoke, that's what I thought of because she goes, that's how she lets off steam. Is through going death to be, metal karaoke. death metal karaoke. She's and seeing like, this <gasps> little red, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's why they call her, her name is Retzko and they call it Agretzko because, okay, because got it's it. aggressive with her vocals, right? Oh, okay. So, yeah, and it's like really like <laughs> Yeah, check it out. It's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I would recommend it. As you were saying, with your video game playing, you played some karaoke type games. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, or did you just kind of lose? Um, I did interest? lose it pretty early because I was really active in sports, and so I just I don't know. I just didn't make okay. time for video games. But right, right. I had a little Game Boy. That, oh. Yeah, I would play on my Game Boy. I had Donkey Kong. Right. So I love me some Donkey Kong. Did you have the old-fashioned Game Boy one, the monochrome, or did you have like the, the DS, the double screen? Uh, the monochrome. Okay. Yeah, where it's just like a little flip phone kind of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I had that. And like a Finding Nemo game, and that was pr- like the end of my video gaming. Yeah. It just didn't interest me. And I feel like I forget to blink when I play video games. Oh, okay. So I'm like, why do my eyes hurt? And I realize like I just have, like I've been so focused on all the keys and everything going on on the screen that I just forget to blink. Uh-huh. I'm do weird. You, no, that's not weird at all. <laughs> do you play games on the, well, when you used to play games, you played them on the consoles, right? Not on like PCs or anything. Right, yeah. Um. Yeah, that that makes sense. Like if you are if you are engaged in a task, yeah, people do forget to forget to blink because they're focused on things. Yeah, and I know? think that was my issue. And I don't think that that's unique to video games either. I think that there are things where 
you know, you, you see people focusing on something so intently and they just don't, they're not blinking. Yeah. At all. I've had the same experience in other situations. Yeah. So yeah, it's just cause I'm just focusing so hard. Right. Right. And it's, it's, and it's not necessarily the screen itself. It's just the fact that the focus is there. Mm-hmm. My eyes are like water. <sighs> we need parched, <laughs> parched <laughs> desert. So that's your video game experience as a youngster. On the subject of resolution, have you heard of resolution as used to describe vectors? Mm, I really have not. (laughs) Vector vector calculus, like basically point A to point B. Um, They use vectors for physics too, where you're trying to determine the direction and the the force. There's usually a line and a direction and some sort of value applied to that line. Okay, no, um, not resolution. It's, a math- it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a mathematical concept. But yeah. but yeah, the vector is something that when you call, or when you say resolution, you, an, you analyze a vector, you, you make it into two or more parts, which are the sum of that total vector and the way that it's traveling, what rate or force or what you want to, Impose what you want to define that vector as, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm saying vector a lot <laughs> is because resolution makes me think of vector graphics, which was an old display method that has history back to the very early days, like even almost the first video game represented on a computer on a cathode ray tube. Um, do you know what you so vector graphics is just basically I, I'm guessing that you don't know much about vector graphics. Mm-mm, no. Negative there. It's, it's a very it's a very unique it's basically things that are represented in lines. You can almost think of it as I would almost describe it as a neon sign where you've got lines and things that are basically an outline of a thing. But you have them, That's they're just lines and geometric shapes. So what vector graphics are, are a form of computer graphics where the mechanism to generate those images come directly from geometric shapes uh, on a Cartesian coordinate system, on a grid, basically. Mm-hmm. As opposed to raster graphics, um, raster graphics are basically when you think of like think of a piece of graph paper, right? And each one of those little squares on a piece of graph paper represents a pixel. That's raster is where you have different you know pixels. Whereas a vector graphic would be more clear because it's just the piece, the line that's generated from point A to point B or around a quarter circle did you did you ever i'm sorry i feel sometimes i feel like i lose people did you ever get into geometry or you're not a geometry person um i mean i took geometry in high school right but um math wasn't your thing or did you like math i did like math my mom's a math teacher oh wow yeah so i've been very blessed to have her by my side yeah. Um, she just helped me finish up calculus. Oh, okay. A so couple y- semesters ago. You you're serious on math. Yeah. So I've definitely dove into the mathematics world, and I'm actually taking physics later this semester. Oh wow. Yeah. So, so you'll definitely learn about vectors. Yeah, I'm sure. Um. 
Yeah, and then also with, yeah, one thing about calculus, I wish I would have, if I could go back and tell myself that I should pay more attention to uh, trigonometry, I would totally do it. Because right. calculus has so much trigonometry in it. I always, I thought it was, it was a lot of the preliminary stuff early on was all algebra based and algebra was a cakewalk for me. Me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I got to the trig part, that's the more theoretical kind of thing that kind of tripped me up. Yeah, was, it did for me too because like we said, the algebra was in the beginning part and then once right. you reach the trig, it was like, okay, yeah. gotta study a little bit more. <laughs> right, and if you go any further than that, like when I was going to school early on for engineering and stuff, it was, you know, when you get into your linear algebra and your differential equations and things like that, trig becomes very important, or at least the calculus that's based on trig. And if you go beyond that, that's like, that's the part just, it just lost me. Yeah. Differential equations was, was horrible for me. Linear algebra was horrible. And I just didn't, it was just kind of like by that time, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah, I don't know how my mom did it. She took like 10 classes past calculus. Oh, wow. I was like, Mom, you're like a mathematician. She really is. Does she teach? She does, yeah. She's a high school teacher. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. That seems a little, I mean, for someone who's taken so much math, that seems like a, a lower level. I know, right? She actually went to college for aeronautical engineering. Oh, wow. So that's why she took all that math. And uh -huh. then she liked the math aspect. Okay. So she More just, than the, the aeronautical? I guess so, yeah. And then um, she said it was just really competitive. She was like, there's only a couple girls in her classes. Like, oh, was, wow. Yeah, mostly men. Right. Um, Especially at that time in Yeah, in was that like history. in the 80s? Yeah. 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 And so... She liked the math aspect and then just met some like teacher friends. And I think she likes to teach her schedule like summer's okay. off, right? Winter break, spring break. Yeah. I mean, weekends off. I mean, it's a nice schedule. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. I envy her sometimes. I'm like, Mom, you have the whole summer off. Right. <laughs> well, does she, but she, does she enjoy teaching? Um, yeah, I can tell she's getting to the end. She's ready to retire. Okay. But I mean, she's been teaching since she was, what, 22? Oh, wow. Yeah, and so a long time. Yeah, she's 53. That's one of those thankless jobs, I think, mm -hmm. too. It's like my, my Aunt Nora uh, was a uh, also a math teacher, but she was a math teacher at um, the junior high school level. Okay. And she got to a point where, same thing, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, counting the days to retirement. Yeah, and then just add COVID into the mix oh, yeah. and teaching during COVID. I can understand where and she's she, coming from. Oh, yeah, especially since there's probably a whole bunch of different things. that Like, she's got to teach a completely different way, and she's just, this is all thrown on her. Yeah, you know? uh-huh, and if kids are out because they're sick with whatever, then she's got to make do makeup work. And, right, right, and so, that's, you've got to, yeah, you can't just have them do makeup work and not grade it. Right, yeah, so she's... Dealing with that, but she's doing a good job at it, I yeah. feel. So I'm like, you got this, Mom. So I didn't ask you this. What What is your degree going to be in? Uh, biological sciences. Okay. And is that leading towards something that's like in a medical 
sort of field? Yeah, or? I can work um, like in laboratories, like with specimens. Like right. You can do anything environmental. Okay. Where I want to take it is I want to work in a laboratory. Oh, okay. And so I want to do that and then work um, for my master's in public health. Okay. And wow. then with that, I would like um, to eventually become an epidemiologist. Oh. Yeah. So and, big dreams there. Yeah. So far, oh. that's my dream right now. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to work for. And of course, anything could change. But right. I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah. And because I knew I wanted to help the public like health wise. Uh-huh. And so I originally went in for nursing. And then COVID hit, and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to expose myself to infectious people. Right. Like, I don't know, risking my well-being for my job doesn't... Right. Yeah, it doesn't sit very high with me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'd rather be looking at coronavirus in a, tele- in a telescope, in a microscope, <laughs> right. Right. all the way out there in space. Right. But yeah, so Not I want to telescope. Yeah, rather than treating the host and looking at the host, I'd rather just look at the virus itself. Yeah. Yeah, and how it how it operates. Yeah, on, I, on more of a macro level. Right. Than, and than and a micro if any level. treatments like people right. come up with how they are effective yeah. and that doesn't and that doesn't um that's not, you know, anything having to do like I, I would say the people on the front lines definitely need to be on the front lines and mm-hmm. they they should be commended as yeah maybe heroes right yeah most definitely because they're doing they're doing the shit work yeah literally and figuratively yeah. probably they're doing they're doing the work that needs to be done you know collecting and stuff like that and so i would say that that's a, a good thing but i realize that it's not for everyone for right. whatever reason right mm-hmm. you know seeing that amount of people dying i mean you know i follow some some people online one bodybuilder in in particular who works as a nurse and she's got some stories man it's it's tough work it's tough work to compartmentalize yeah most definitely you know see people that you can talk to them one day and then they're gone but it's you know that's that's the medical field i think yeah you just kind of got to work through it yeah you gotta be good uh, yeah i think you've got to have the sort of the mental ability to identify what you can change and what you can do about a situation and not not get too emotional yeah and have people to debrief to like right right so in case you need to get something heavy off your chest you're able to and not to just live with it and try and deal with it yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that as far as a conversation about mental health that is something that's slowly changing. Mm-hmm. I think people are people are more comfortable about being open with their mental health challenges and things like that, yeah, which is a I good agree. step in the right direction. Definitely, yeah. But back when I was experiencing my problems with panic and anxiety when I was in my 20s, it was a different landscape, mm-hmm. you know. It was it was there was a bit of shame associated with it that that kind of for what it was I mean, you know, that's all me. I felt like, you know, I'm I'm a lesser person because I had panic and anxiety, had to take medicine for for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But as I've gotten older, I can, you know, step back and realize that it's it's something that happens and I can be there for other people where they may have not been for, you know, 
there for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're not you the listen, only one. Oh yeah, and you can totally tell. Like when you listen to podcasts, they've got all sorts of like therapy websites now. Having more access to therapy, I think, is a good thing. Definitely. This doesn't have anything to do with vector graphics, though. So I think I was, I was trying, I was trying to explain the. You know, we, we went to a more interesting place probably for you than vector graphics. I wanted to touch on the first video game that was created, credited as one of the first created video games, was a game called Tennis for Two, and it was created by William Higgin, Higginbotham. Is that really a, his name? Ray, William Higginbotham. Higginbotham. Yeah. I like a, it. In, <laughs> in Brookhaven National Laboratory in 1958 for a three-day exhibition so it was like it was like a conference i'm guessing as far as getting together with peers okay yeah and he created a game called tennis for two which was basically just um a ball bouncing back and forth between two players who used mallets to to hit it back and forth Mm -hmm. and it was played on basically an oscilloscope for display so you know an oscilloscope it's like it's like what uh, kind of what people would use. It's kind of a round tube and a screen, and you've got your different, you know, you know what. Oh yes, yeah, okay, is. got it. Yeah. Air traffic control discontinued the use of the, you know, how you you see a movie and you're in an air control tower or whatever, and they used to have the old fashioned like you know it was like vector graphics lines and things and mm-hmm. like a little beep. Yes. You know? Uh huh. Those were retired by the year 2000. So there's not any traffic control towers, at least in US, that use those old, that old technology. It's oh. all probably like graphics that are raster based. Right. But back in the day, that was el- that was the only thing they had, right? The other big game of note was developed in 1961. This game was called Space War. Space war exclamation point. Very Space important. war. Space war. <laughs> and it was for the PDP-1 mainframe at MIT. So an old mainframe. And it was a two-player game. It's kind of serendipitous that we're talking about two-player games. Okay. Where you'd have two different ships. It was basically a space combat kind of thing where you would play against each other. It was a player versus player thing, also on an oscilloscope screen. And as, and this is kind of an interesting way that it kind of traveled, which now, I think the equivalent now would be something like social media. But think of this as the snail mail equivalent of social media, right? Mm -hmm. It is, what happened was, People who were at MIT would move on to other schools and then they would bring this code for space war to other schools. And it, so so it was kind of a an organic sort of release of this game that kind of went from campus to campus because it was brought there by the previous person, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting way that it kind of developed. But that was well before vector graphics came to the arcade and the home market, I'm going to tell you a story about, well, I don't know. 
do you understand like if I say vector graphics, can you kind of have a picture of it or do you still are you still kind of like eh, I don't know what that is? Um I really no. Now that you like talked about the line with the little like cord uh, coordinate dot. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of now. Yeah. It's it what and also it's that's the thing too with vector graphics. It is it is more like if you think of a grid, right? Raster graphics, if you have a coordinate of that grid here and then a coordinate here and you make a line, it takes up the grid squares, right? It's just, okay. it's, it's very pixelated. Oh yeah, you said it's pixelated. Right. Okay. Whereas if you have, if you're using the parts of actual shapes, then the line is clearer because it's from point A to point B directly. There is no pixel. It is a line just a solid line. Mm -hmm. So that's where raster graphics, now you wouldn't be able to tell really. You can simulate sort of a vector graphic kind of presentation in raster. It is kind of difficult for someone who's never seen it to understand. So I'm gonna pull up one other thing. Star Wars, did you ever like Star Wars or you know Star Wars? Seriously? Yeah, Star Wars is a good series. Did, Did you get into Star Wars when you were younger? Yeah, my brother really liked it, okay. and I was always a fan of doing things with my big brother. Okay. So I watched a lot of Star Wars, and I actually recently rewatched like the whole thing. Yeah. Recently, yeah. Did you watch the one that was remade with the computer graphics, or did you watch the original? Because it's really difficult to find the original Star Wars, like episode four, five, and six. Or were you watching episodes one, two, and three? I don't know. We actually had them all on VCR. Okay. So maybe those were the OG. Yeah, it would probably be A New Hope, which is the first Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So you're saying the ones that they air on TV are not the original? No. Oh. This is going to kind of get into a discussion about how insane Lucas, uh, George Lucas is. <laughs> what he did was, at a certain point, there was a version that was the original version once star wars became popular again with episodes one two and three they re-released those old versions but what they did was they added computer graphics they added backgrounds all under the guise that george lucas said that this was his original vision basically it's not the original it's not like if you if you watch those on vhs then Odds are you have the originals. Odds are you have the original presentation, the old, the old effects. Okay. Nothing computer graphics, nothing extra. But that's what they ended up doing was they put a whole bunch of extra stuff in it. Um, I feel like I have heard that, and yeah. I don't know. They are just appealing to the eye. Yeah. Like everything about it. I feel like. You mean the uh, the ones without or with? With. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. all about new graphics and i like modern things like modern cars i'm a fan of i don't like older cars i don't really like many older movies because i just think they're like low budge and which i get i mean the budget was probably significantly lower than what they're given these days right but i like the newer movies because they just appeal more to my eyes Okay, then, that's interesting. Yeah, if I watch like a 80s movie that everybody's like, oh my God, this movie's so good. And I don't know, it just doesn't take the cake for me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really interesting. Because usually like, well, maybe it's just kind of a, a nerd 
a nerd centric thing. It's like the original's better, you know, push up the glasses kind of thing. Right. You know? <laughs> but I remember a lot of these, you know, there, there's it's different when you try and take something that is old and make it new by just changing bits or putting things in there that don't belong. Some of the things that they did back and and think Star Wars especially the the first one A New Hope, the very first one that came out, that was revolutionary for that time. I mean just all the things that they did with effects and things that they did with the spaceships and yeah, I've heard they that. used scale models and stuff and they looked pretty amazing considering the technology of the day, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when you try and mix something that's a practical effect with something that is computer graphics, green screen or whatever, actually green screen is different, I think, because green screen, you're just trying to superimpose an image on top of another one. So it's not as bad as something like putting in computer graphics where they don't belong. Yeah. Have true. you ever seen any movies where the computer graphics are just so out of place that it takes you out of the movie or is it still pretty just because it's computer graphics to you i guess i just think it's pretty but i know what you mean like sometimes it does look different and a little odd yeah a little jarring yeah the way the way that they put it in the scene yeah but but you just like the shiny new stuff i do yes so do you have anything any closing thoughts on resolutions um, closing thoughts on resolution. Just be kind to yourself and know that, I mean, slip-ups. I mean, I guess I'm talking specifically about New Year's resolutions because that's right. what made me think of the word resolution. Uh-huh. But just know that slip-ups happen and it's okay and just take it day by day, step by step, and move towards accomplishing what it is you would like to resolve. Exactly, exactly. As some people say, it takes baby steps, Mm -hmm. you know? If you chunk something up into easily accomplishable tasks, it doesn't feel as daunting. When people say they fail, I I think that's sort of a misnomer too because you learn something and you learn new approaches or you say to yourself, well, it didn't work this way, so I'm going to try it this way, Mm -hmm. right? So if there's learning, I don't think there's it's a failure per se. On that note, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Too Vague Podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you so much for having me. Ben. Oh yeah, it was great having you, yes. having you, Emily. It was it was fun, and um, yeah, we watch on again because you sound good. Definitely, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. My name is Ben, and I'm Emily, and we've been your hosts. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.